0: And welcome to the Speak the Language podcast. Happy Monday, everybody. Today is June the 21st. Um, Jordan,
1: had a pretty eventful weekend. How was your father's day? It was good. I mean, I went to the Memphis Zoo. Yeah? Yeah. (laughs) We made a quick trip out of it. Went to church yesterday morning and hauled booty to Memphis.
0: I guess Brindley's getting to that age now where she can start to appreciate that kind of stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. She knows all about the animals.
0: Run around and, yeah.
1: That's fun. Saw so I want elk. She liked that. <laughs> so,
0: um, as promised, we've got an, we've got a whole episode to get to. Um, we're gonna tell y'all more about that later. But as promised, last week we did the embarrassment two episode and we asked y'all to do some user submissions and uh tell us, you know, send us in. We didn't remember we said we weren't gonna um restrict it to just embarrassing stories. It could be just about anything. Mm-hmm. And going forward I, I I really still don't know how we're going to do this like if we're going to do just one story whatever this week i decided to do two so we're going to discuss one right now and then when we get to the guests that we had on the show me and him talked about one before we got to the topic as well i figured opening up first time that we did this we'll do two of them why not you know? yeah so and
1: uh, I, i'm hearing this blind i have not
2: heard it you've
0: yet. not heard this story so. yeah you've not heard this story but uh there were some good ones like i said we've got you know some to pick through i couldn't go through all of them or you know you could take up a whole episode but there will be more in the upcoming weeks but we're gonna i picked out two for this first episode so this was sent in by a fellow of the name of john strange um and his he sent a story and a video i'm gonna read Is that his real name uh, yeah i think i mean john strange yeah
1: okay
0: i mean uh you know, I ain't one to.
1: Hey, you can't. Th- I can't th-
0: make a comment about an uncommon last name. We're mm. talking about pickle here.
1: I so. didn't know if somebody, you know, sending in an embarrassment story, they may be sending in a, a John Doe. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So here we go. It says, wanted to share an embarrassing moment I had this past year. I took a boat into a spot I rarely get to hunt, but I knew there was a big six point back in this corner of the property the boat was the best way to get in there i didn't even get set up and the bow is still on the ground and he is standing at 40 yards to me this is highly embarrassing because i shouldn't have been running late but i definitely was hope you find this enjoyable and then he said i said i have plenty more where this came from i sure we all do this one takes the cake for me and then he did send a video we'll probably end up sharing this so y'all can see but yeah you see that jordan
1: let me say here
0: yeah, see, there's the bow on the ground. Oh, I yeah. I see he's in his tree stand. That's got to be river country. He's on right there. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah,
0: I'd be upset, too. Yeah, we'll we'll share this video. And what, he's
1: walking towards him. Yeah,
0: what Jordan and I are watching right now is the video starts as he's video on, videoing on his iPhone, looks like, and he's, you can see the bow on the ground, and then he zooms the phone in, and you can see this very large six-point buck just chilling inside of bow range yeah i think uh,
1: i've been trying to get that bow up in the tree john
0: strange i would be upset too Mm. yeah 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 Mm. yeah okay yeah that's an embarrassing one sorry about that bud um so those have been fun and then the one well the one i talked to here with chip and talk about here with chip here in a second is a pretty uh funny one too so yeah that that was fun y'all y'all done good so far keep sending those in i
1: think if i've ever done that i think i have like left
0: left the ball on the ground or the weapon on well, the ground
1: and get up in a stand and a buck starting to come you yeah. know i think that's happened to me
0: that happened to me and you um when we were hunting bodoc a few years ago when i killed that deer remember right when i got it wasn't a shooter but we had like a young buck push those like right past us at oh yeah like 30 40 yards yeah sure right and did. it took forever luckily well, I got the gun up before any big ones came through, but that's the closest thing I can think
1: of, when, of it happening to me. I can't think of a shooter coming in with my weapon on the ground. Yeah, I might had happened. I can't just can't remember. Yeah. So um, that's frustrating. You know, you have done everything right, got in there without him knowing, yeah. and yeah. then yeah. he, <laughs> there he is. Yeah, that's no bueno. <laughs> Five minutes too late.
0: <laughs> so um, shout out. I think. Um, the other one that we're gonna gonna talked about with Chip was a guy named Phil Smith from Indiana. So shout out to John Strange and Phil Smith for submitting those stories. Um, this is fun. I, I like doing this. So yeah, y'all keep those coming in. Yeah, again, y'all can send those to primoshuntingpodcast
1: at gmail.com. At least it makes me feel like I'm just not <laughs> a screw-up all the time. Everybody does it. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I think everyone has stories. There will be people that, here's here's my this is a if i ha, if i was a betting man i would bet there are people that have stories that could have us rolling on the ground laughing oh no doubt but we'll never hear them because they're not going to talk about them yeah you know <laughs> that's a fact some of the stuff this stuff these folks happens to and they're going golly i'm glad no one was here to see that just
1: like i mean we always pick on jimmy but you know stuff happens to him all the time <laughs> and if we weren't with him it would never see light of day yep he would never ever talk about it oh yeah that's a fact still won't talk about it when we bring it up no
0: he didn't want to he exits stage right yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um the episode today before we get into it a couple things i know i want to mention uh today being june 21st we're knocking on the door of july july means very two very exciting things it means new shows on outdoor channel
1: it means new YouTube stuff. It
0: means new shows on YouTube as well. well right.
1: Yeah, we're finna get them queued up this week, starting the rele- release. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So uh, the the it's I had announcements here. Something I've been waiting on for five years. Okay, I got an email about it two days ago. Ah, uh, I know what this is. Uh, uh, Iowa Bote. Iowa have been waiting on that baby since 2016. Pretty strong. Pretty strong and everybody's like yeah you drew iowa bow tags that means you're just gonna go up and shoot a booner like no but it's just something you've been waiting on for so long yeah and it's like you've been putting in time putting in effort to get get your points every year and then it happens you're like yes yeah
0: hey i mean you know just the way iowa runs their stuff i mean i I don't know and we all know how that midwest rut can be it's a whether you end up shooting a booner or a 130 you know i mean it's just the the rut up there is something to be seen the
1: funny story my dad actually like let me know the emails came in because he called me all been out of shape because he, he did not get drawn for a late season order, he didn't no oh. and he was like man i was uh, you didn't tell me I, I wasn't gonna get drawn i was like that's what a draw is daddy you <laughs> I mean it's a chance either way next year you'll pretty much get one because they yeah. have a preference point you know yeah and he was all been out of shape he was like If I didn't get drawn, you didn't get drawn either. I was like, let me check. I was like, I did. (laughs) But, yeah. But, uh, oh, gracious. Um,
0: Yeah, that's awesome, though. Good for you. Uh, So, we've got new shows on Outdoor Channel, new shows on YouTube, Jordan, Drew, and Iowa Tag. Are we leaving anything out
1: before we get to the show? No, I don't think so. Just, Just getting that time of year where you're the good things are ahead good things are ahead kind of making it halfway through summer now you start thinking about deer hunting start yeah. thinking about food pot preparation and property preparation deer stands minerals cameras i mean this isn't to get busy it's getting there ain't no doubt it is getting there um so guys
0: uh bear with us as we tread through these summer months i know if you're down here in the south the heat can be a lot but you know this this is how we this is how we, we survive. We think about the cooler days like this, this episode, this interview in particular uh, with our friend Chip. We're talking about he's telling the story of a... I guess, I mean, I can go ahead and give this away. He's go, he's telling the story of a 193-inch deer. So, it's a pretty good one. Um, so Oh, befo- before we get to that, though, I need to mention... We haven't mentioned this in a while, and it really does help. Y'all that are listening, if you find the time, please... Go to, go to the page on iTunes and leave a rating, preferably five-star. If you have to go one-star, I'll deal with it, and write us a little review. It does help. Um, so if you could do that, that helps us out a lot. If you listen to us on Spotify, um, you can follow us on there. That helps there too. So do that, and now we will get to the episode with our friend Chip Henderson. Um, that was a really fun conversation. If you all remember last year, Around Father's Day, um we had a guy on. His name was John Smith Baker. um Heads up, an organization called Fathers in the Field, and that was when I kind of wanted to take the opportunity to do. You know, when you have um, Father's Day, I think a, it's a significant holiday, especially I, I think you know in terms of hunting and what we're talking about. We always re- relay that to You know, there's just so many angles you can take that from, and. How many father and son stories have you heard come out of the hunting woods? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'll we didn't really get to uh, how I know Chip until the end of the episode, but they'll figure that out mm-hmm. when they get there. But I know Chip had that story about him and his son Reagan and that 193-inch deer. And just knowing Chip like I do, I just thought that would be a great opportunity to spend, to tell that story, talk about the significance of Father's Day even though father's day was yesterday i still thought it would be fitting so we'll get to that conversation jordan you got anything else to add
1: i'm officially a dad i mean <laughs> I, I started i have fertilized my grass like twice this year made sure all my weeds are dead yeah and i started smoking meat on the weekend so it's yeah, true i'm officially there
0: do you, you like tucking your t-shirt into your shorts and wearing new balance shoes Your t-shirt is literally tucked into your shorts right now. (laughs) That is fantastic. I didn't even know. I did not even know that about you. Did not. And I did get a picture from Jordan Texted me on Saturday morning. Like up before, like I wasn't even thinking about doing anything productive yet. And I get a picture from Jordan. He's like going in the smoker,
1: putting a chicken on the (laughs) smoker. (laughs) Good times. Good times.
0: Hope y'all enjoy the show. Yeah. Enjoy this episode. Thank y'all. Welcome to the Speak the Language podcast. Today is somewhat of a special episode. I have a guest with me that has not been on the show before. Um, Chip Henderson, thank you for coming on the show and taking some time out of you. Today, we're recording this on Friday, June 18th. This will come out next Monday. Yeah. Um, So what we're going to do, we're going to talk about some kind of Father's Day related stuff. But as promised, uh, we're going to do this new segment um so I know I, I told you about it briefly. So before we get into the meat of it, we'll cover the the embarrassment story yes. of the week so to speak. And uh so this one was sent in by a guy named Phil Smith in Indiana. And like so we've got plenty of them, but this one this one was the one that stuck out cuz it is, <laughs> it is pretty wild when I when I read through it. Um so he's hunting in Indiana. Um he said so he's rifle hunting says he's on he's on a lease of his and he sees an old wide eight point that is following behind a doe and the deer's making his way towards him um something happens The deer thinks the deer. you know how it is deer's in i've got a shot i don't kind of got a shot that sort of thing says i put my gun on my sticks was about to take the shot when i turned and when he turned and started walking away from the doe He stopped and was quartering away from me, but I knew I could make the shot. (laughs) So I how many times do you? (laughs) I I knew I could make that shot. I can make this, man, I can make this. (laughs) Yeah, so I took my time, squeezed the trigger, and dropped the buck right in his tracks. And he says, he gets up, you know, he drops the buck. He's excited, obviously. Guy walks up to the deer, and he says that the deer is laying on the ground, but he's breathing absolutely regularly.
2: Oh, gosh. So, he can't
0: figure out what's going on. And that's what he said. He starts looking around for a bullet hole, and he can't find one. And he sees, like, a, a skim on the top of the deer's head. <laughs> and, the like, the fur on the top of the deer's head is ruffled up a little bit. Right. What happens, you know how to do when a deer quarters away. He, like, turned and he kind of looked back a little bit. Yep. So, he shoots, and the deer, the bullet skimmed the top of his head and just knocked the deer knocked out. Knocked him out. Yeah. So, he did, he did get, like, he put a finishing shot in him. But yeah. he sent, so what we'll do is we'll probably share this picture. But you can see the picture of the deer and the hair fuzzed up where he hit him.
2: Just grazed him and knocked him out. Knocked him out cold. That's <laughs> nuts. that's good for him
0: yeah so phil smith from indiana thanks for sending that in that is a pretty i don't know i mean it's not an embarrassing story you got the deer uh, but it is pretty wild
2: look there have been times when i wish i would have grazed one my most embarrassing story like you ain't got time for this i missed a deer a single deer 13 times (laughs) (laughs) that's that's a fact
0: was that is that archery equipment or no
2: that was with a rifle dude oh with a rifle in brookhaven mississippi a friend of mine had just made a fox pen you know what a fox? you know where they run dogs oh, Yeah, yeah ty- to have trial field trials stuff like that yeah they're trying to kill out all the deer and so the dude told me hey man i got this deer in here i need you to come kill so we're driving you know, he's showing me around sure enough the deer jumps up i jumped out of the truck shot at him five times <laughs> missed him five times. And long story short is for the next four hours, I chased that deer around. It's 150, 180 acre. And when, when I say pen, now you, you're just talking about like go out in the woods and, and fence in 180 acres. So it's not like it's a wide open baseball field, football yeah, field. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's woods, it's thickets and all that. But I missed that deer. I went and got my dog, Samson, put him on him. Long story short is I shot at that deer 13 times and never – killed that deer never hit it never hit the deer that was on a uh that was on a i guess a wednesday the next day was thanksgiving and then i had to go to my i had to go to my in-laws i came back from my in-laws and the dude's wife went out there and killed the deer in one shot
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's how that works isn't it it's
2: the way it works yeah
0: it's the way it works i got home
2: she had the picture put on my on the door whenever i got home
0: sounds like me and turkeys yeah golly
2: (laughs) It happens, man. Crazy
0: stuff happens. Just being real. The thing, yeah, it happens. The like, we what we're gonna have to do with that segment, I think, is we're probably gonna have to end up doing more than one story because there's enough of them. Like it was tough picking that one out, which that one was a good one. But there's some crazy stuff that got in Stuff like that, you know, you just don't know when you're dealing with being out there and just stuff that happens. It happens. So um, we'll go into kind of the the main purpose of why I wanted you to come on today. So today the, the when this episode will come out, will be the day after father's yeah. day. And last year we did a father's day episode and it, it meant something to me um, personally, I think. And it seemed to resonate with our listeners um, father's day. And I, I feel very fortunate because, you know, I was blessed with a, with a very, with a great father mm. still is a great father to this mm-hmm. point. You know, I hang out with him, um, every chance I get. Yeah. And uh, last year, we kind of focused on, there's a ministry called Fathers in the Field. Minister, I mean, the name kind of explained itself. They minister specifically yeah. to fatherless boys. But I wanted to kind of kind of stay in the same mindset, take a time to, to focus on Father's Day and what it means, how important the role of a father is, but maybe kind of focus on it from a different angle. And so I immediately thought of you um, and a story that, that I'm going to let you tell because you can tell it better than I can. But you have a fantastic story to tell about a father and a son going hunting. Hmm. Um, and I, if it's okay with you, I'll let you kind of take yep. it from there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, like this story was me and my son, Reagan. Mm-hmm. Um, Reagan has uh, been a bow hunter since he was 11. He's just a really determined kid, wanted to kill a deer with a bow. He'd kill one with a gun, kills a couple of does with a gun, but he, I'm a bow hunter, man. He wanted to be a bow hunter. So that's a challenge. Yeah. And uh, man, for a few years we shot and missed and finally, you know, maybe grazed one and, and uh, he eventually did kill a few deer, but this, this story happened in Kansas. Uh, we were blessed to be at a place there in Kansas. It was his, First time to ever go to Kansas, mm-hmm. and um, you know I put him in a stand where I thought he might you know have some luck, and and uh, he wasn't seeing anything. And I had, was looking at another place, saw a deer that I thought I guesstimated to be about a 150 inch deer, which is not a bad deer. I mean that's a pretty dang good deer. Yeah. But he was a long way off. Me and another guy were looking at him. I said I think I'm gonna put Reagan in this you know this little area, and so uh, the next afternoon I put Reagan in that area, and it was it was such that I could kind of be near him but not be messing with his hunt kansas is wide open so yeah. i'm probably 400 yards 500 yards away from him but i was up on a bluff i could see forever he was kind of down on a little creek bank in a, in, you know and you know if you got any trees out in kansas they call that in a thicket or whatever but you <laughs> yeah. know just i mean maybe 10 acres worth of trees yeah but he's down in there doing his thing and um right at dark man i see this deer come from across the the um kind of kind of opening there and uh, the deer did not get close to Reagan. Reagan, it wasn't near him, but I could see him. Mm-hmm. And the deer was massive. I was thinking the deer's probably 170, 180-inch deer. Had two does. Comes down in there, mills around, probably 150 yards away from Reagan, and, but, but never goes in. I go get him, Asked him what he saw. Nothing. I told him about the deer. Actually, had videoed the deer. Yeah. And uh, everybody's like, oh, my gosh. So the next morning, go in there. It's uh, it, real hot. It was on a Friday morning. Hot, foggy. Put Reagan in there at five fifteen. Couldn't couldn't hardly I mean couldn't hardly see. It was so soupy. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever hunted like that. It's just so hot, so muggy, and uh, he he got in the stand. I went up, got on the little you know the little lookout point, And about eight o'clock, man, this deer came out again. And this time the deer came up on the place where I was, and I'm videoing him just shaking like a leaf. This thing, he's 180 at least. Yeah. And so he goes on away. Never never you know spooks or anything like that. Goes away. Ask Reagan what he saw. Nothing. That that day got probably, um, I'd say probably 85 degrees in Kansas, which uh. is nuts. But you know this is in November, but it happens. Yeah. 85 degrees. It was hot. But that night, that that evening, neither of us saw anything. That evening, the wind the wind changed. The storm blew in from the north. We got up the next morning. It was 35 degrees. Wind blowing 30 miles an hour. Spitting rain. And I'm like. This is going to be it. Yeah.
0: You know, as we're sitting here having this conversation about hunting a really big deer, we're talking about tree stand location, we're talking about glassing them a couple nights before, talking about cedar thickets, we're talking about the rut, we're talking about Kansas, we're talking about all these things that go into making a hunt work, it's hard for me to do that and not mention the Onyx Hunt app. The Onyx Hunt app is something that we all use here at the Primo's team every single day. Even the fact that Knox, my puppy, is looking at me right now. I would say the reason that he's looking at me is because he knows when we go pheasant and quail hunting every year, a lot of the times the reason we're able to get back into those pheasant and quail so quick is because we've dropped waypoints on the spots that we hunt because we've hunted there year after year. And a lot of times, those spots are historical we drop a waypoint on them say hey there was a cubby of quail here last year we're able to find them that quick that's just one example of how good onyx works for us and it can do the same thing for you and it doesn't matter you say man i'm primarily a waterfowl hunter i don't really have use for onyx that is a crazy statement i say that because someone said that to me before they're like i don't really need onyx i'm just a waterfowl guy like do you know how useful onyx could be for a waterfowl hunter especially if you're hunting somewhere that like river country and you know the water fluctuates according to how how much the river's rising you say you know hey when the water gets You know, such and such feet high, I know this hole gets flooded and the ducks get in there. That's all stuff you can make notes of and put waypoints on in OnX. I'm telling you, the possibilities are absolutely endless. Check out the OnX Hunt app today and use the promo code PRIMOS20 to save 20% off your OnX Hunt membership.
2: And so uh, he got up. He got in the stand that morning at 5.15 a.m. And uh, I go up on my little perch, my little lookout, and I'm seeing deer all morning. And I'm thinking this is going to be it, but it's cold. Like when I tell you it's cold, it's cold. Uh, yeah. You get a, you get a Kansas wind, Kansas, bro, cold. it's yeah. Kansas cold. <laughs> so I got down about nine thirty, thinking, man, he's probably had enough. I go in there and eased up to his tree and he just kind of waved at me to stop and to get out. And I asked him, I said, do you see him? And he said, yes. And he said, leave. I said, okay. So I left. And uh, I said, I'll go get you something to eat, and I'll come back about 12. And so I went and got him some sandwiches and, uh, you know, some stuff came back in. I'm coming back in there. He looks over his shoulder. He tells me to get out, go back up on my little perch. And so let's still do that. This This time Reagan is 15 years old. Okay. He's sitting in this stand. He's been sitting there since 5.15. So I, I just, I had a bucket of corn and two sandwiches. I just set it down, you know, 150 yards behind him, set it down. And I go back up in my spot and we're sitting there the rest of the day and around five-ish, man, I, I'm starting to see deer move again. Yeah. And so I'm just looking at it with my binoculars. I'm looking at him, looking at him five fifteen, five twenty, And I'm thinking, man, this is it. It's got to be a shot coming. And dude, I see that green Luminot light up. <laughs> And I can't see the deer, but I'm looking down there, and I see it whack. And then I can see the deer going off, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, he has shot this big son of a gun." Yeah. And I've been texting Will I've been texting Will, Will Walker, Trey, a bunch of my friends. Man, hey, he's on a big deer. And of course, I'm sure they thought I was lying, and I didn't know how big the dang deer was. Right. But I see the deer go off, and he's not running; he's just kind of trotting. But he is huge. His body's just massive. Yeah. He goes probably 200 yards and stops. And then I can't see him anymore. And I'm just saying, oh, my gosh. I'm staring, I'm staring, I'm staring, nothing. Finally, I get up, and it probably take me 20 minutes to get back around to where he is. And I'm just like, man, you know, look, I'm, I'm a man of faith. I'm a Christian man. I'm just like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. He's, God, you're so good. You're so good. Get around there, man. Get to him. And, you know, the stand, he's in eight, eight feet off the ground. Yeah. But we get out, man. We're hugging. We're high-fiving. And this is where my son, look, he sat, he sat there for 12 straight hours. Yeah. Oh, he sat there 12 straight hours. He never ate anything. He drank a little water, never peed one time.
0: A 15-year-old. A
2: 15-year-old. You know ain't no 54-year-old going to do that.
0: Shit, I wouldn't have done that at 15. (laughs) I may have said I'm staying in here, but I wouldn't have turned down the sandwiches. I know.
2: know. But he stayed, man. Just the discipline that he showed to just stay there. Turns out he could see the deer all day. He had seen him early that morning and uh tried to get a shot couldn't get a shot but he could see the deer had a doe with him he just and was laying there with the doe, doe probably 200 yards out in in this tall grass yeah. and so he just as long as that deer was there he was staying yeah and so anyway he gets down we're hugging and high five and i said well, what do you want to do and this is when this is when he showed me man he really had learned about hunting he said i think we ought to back out let's give him an hour he'll be there if he's dead he's mm-hmm. gonna be there if not let's give him time let's get out and i was like my gosh, you're 15 years old, man. I'd have been running after the deer. Exactly. Yeah. I'm just telling you. So anyway, man, we go back and uh, he, un- you know, unpacks the story, tells the story. Everybody wants to go find the deer, and so man, we we sure enough, man, we go in there and I tell everybody, look, be quiet, step, walk behind us. Everybody be, be, you know, as quiet as you can. Anyway, long story short, man, we get on this trail and walk out there 200 yards in that big grass. It looked like a baby cat. I mean, it looked like a calf, looked like a, a, bu- a little bull. Yeah. And that deer wound up, man, he's a 15 scoreable points, scored 193 inches shot by 15 year old kids sitting there for 12 straight hours and so man it's a god thing thank god but reagan is a my son reagan is a dang good hunter he is a disciplined hunter uh so look he's killed way more deer big deer than i have so he, he's 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 just a he's just a killing machine man it's a 193 193 that's a big deer the proud papa man <laughs> it's a big it was a big big deer yeah. He's a big, big deer. So, so proud of him. I and, you know, like, man, that's a, that's a crazy good story. But just as a dad, you know, to watch my son, yeah, man, the maturity he showed, the patience he showed, the discipline he showed. And that's all the stuff, man. It's Father's Day, you know, day after mm-hmm. Father's Day, man. And, you know, just a. As as a dad, man, you know the Bible says, "I have no greater joy than to know my kids are walking in the truth." And my son's a, a Christian, man. He's a, he's a follower of Jesus. But man, to just watch him developing as a man in this process of hunting has been, man, it's just been it's been awesome. Yeah, it's been awesome. And the one ninety three mm-hmm. is amazing. That's that's great, man. That's a wonderful deer. I'll never kill anything close <laughs> to that. Probably none of us listening on this show are going to ever do that. But man, just just to see that uh, man this my, my son becoming a, a man yeah and all the miles and man the hope of hunting with my son like my dad hunted with me was to spend time to man talk to um you know share life together mm-hmm. and hopefully man you're passing on um values and beliefs and you know character and things like that and so Dude, it's just, that story is amazing, but just, man, I was such a proud dad for so many reasons, yeah. you know, beyond just the score of the deer. Oh, for
0: sure. Well, I think back, when, when, you talk, when you talk about that and you think about the end result of just a truly giant deer, and honestly, just a, just a huge point of celebration for both of yeah. you, for him in accomplishing that, for you being his yeah. father, seeing that, but it makes me go back to, you said he started bow when he was 11. Yeah. Like how how did all that start? Did he yeah. did he was it on his own? Did he see you doing it and yeah. say, "Hey, Dad,
2: I want to yeah. do this"? Was yeah, it kind of yeah. one of those things? Yeah, dude. Look look life life lessons are caught, not taught. I can tell you that. Your kid's gonna turn out like you. They're gonna do what you do. You can tell them whatever you want to, right. but they're gonna do what you do. And so, several years ago, man, I kind of got into the bow hunting community with 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 some guys and uh, started just bow hunting only. And so man, yeah. when I was teaching my kids to hunt, I wanted them to have fun. I wanted them to, to shoot something and stuff. So bow hunting wasn't really what I wanted them to do, um, because it's just hard. Yeah. Um, so he started off shooting a gun, but I'm, I'm bow hunting, you know, so I'd get up usually in the mornings and bow hunt and then take him in the afternoon. But after he had killed a few deer with a gun, he just said, hey, I want to kill one with a bow. And from that point on, he's never picked up a gun. Mm. And so he just and and look i mean we're probably shooting 15 yards tops you know state of mississippi where we hunt you could put you can use poison legally Mm -hmm. so we'd have a pod on there just to have an ethical you know uh hunt for him and uh man it just deer's got to be within 10 15 yards for him to get a shot typically ground blind and so it was slim but man you know he he just laid in there with it and probably missed a couple of times and he he would he was would just determined, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And, um, man, thankfully, we got a lot of deer, so you get opportunities in Mississippi, right? You <laughs> yeah. miss one. Just just keep sitting there. Something else coming. Something else will be. But uh, his first deer uh, that he killed with a bow uh, was after school one day. I picked him up. I was supposed to be going to Atlanta. Big ice storm came. I couldn't go, so I went and got him out of school. Yeah. And we went, and uh, sitting in the tree together, I'm videoing him, and this deer comes in. And uh, man, I'm shaking worse than he is, but he waits. The deer gets, you know, broadside, and he shoots him. And again, we because he could shoot with a pod, the deer ducks and is about trying to turn away. By the time the, the arrow hits him, hit him in the neck. But Damn. man, that pod did its work. And uh, I just, I panned the camera down to him, his face mask on, hat on. All I can like see is his big <laughs> big brown eyes, you know, looking at me. Yes. It, you know, it, and he's, I think at that time he was 12 or 13, he just looked at me. And in true Primo's hunting fashion, he says putting them down <laughs> 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 oh, my God, oh my gosh! putting them down son yeah but since then man he has just turned into a very yeah. man conscientious he plays the wind he picks his shots he's just he's just if there's a deer in the area he will lay in there he's got more patience than i got by a long shot
0: i've seen more of that in situations where you're talking about where where the kid starts at 11 yeah. or 12, you know? Cause I was the same way, I didn't start bow hunting until I, I think I was like 16, yeah. 15, 16 yeah. when I started bow hunting. Yeah, I was in college. And my patience was, there was no patience. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I had to develop that. Where yeah. it's like if they start at that younger age, it, it's, I don't know what it is, it's just like yeah. it, there's not as much expectation I don't think. Yeah. Cause I know yeah. the thing for me was like starting at 16, I, I saw my buddies that had been bow hunting for longer mm-hmm. were having all success. And I was trying to play keep up with them. I'm like, mm-hmm. man, I got to do something, you know. But yeah. I'm just thinking of uh, – that's just ha- – I think it's also important – I'm trying to take this from two different angles, from mm-hmm. a hunting side and from, you know, talking about your relationship with him. Yep. But, you know, you talked about the misses. You talked about the times going where he didn't kill anything. But that's got to be not only one from a strictly hunting standpoint, it teaches him that, one – you're, you're not going to kill everything every time you that's go. Right. And that's not taking a loss. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, that's, that's, right. that's part of the whole process. But then, too, that's just how much did you value that time? y'all oh, oh, two then, getting to do that
2: dude that's it you know and there, and there, and there are you know you, you learn lessons man you learn lessons i can pass on lessons i mean if mm-hmm. you're paying attention a father can always pass on lessons to a son you're watching deer and you know this one maternal doe's out there stomping blowing she knows you're there and everybody else is not paying attention and finally she runs off you know, trying to save everybody else. And you're sitting there thinking, man, she knows I'm here. I I could kill all of them, but she knows, and she's trying to get them away and they won't listen. You know, come back, tell my son, son, whenever you know something's wrong, I don't care if nobody follows you, you leave, you get out of there. I mean, just stuff like that, where you're, where you can just take little lessons in the wild, in the woods that God gives you. And man, I can pass that on to my son about, man, you stand on your own. I don't care what everybody else is doing, that doe did right. Now, those does will drive you nuts, as you know, because yes. they're hard to kill. Yes. But yeah, man, just the time, you know, like that we get to spend just driving. We we go to Kansas every year. Man, just the time in the, in the truck to talk. And it's not always conversation, so I don't want to put it out there, you know, make these dads who may be listening feel guilty. Look, my son is on his phone most of the time. <laughs> He's listening to his music and whatever, but there are stretches of time where, man, we talk. And we talk about hunting, and that's fun, too. But sometimes, man, we just talk about life. And I'll ask about his friends and stuff. And so it's just a time for us to connect. And that's, that's it. Look, dude, I think young men just value their dad being there. Mm-hmm. He, look, you ain't got to know. You ain't got to be the smartest, most successful whatever in any deal. Just be in there with your son and say, man, I love you. And I'm here. And, man, we're going to have fun today. Dude, that, that is priceless. And anybody can do that.
0: Yeah hundred percent i know like obviously because i i haven't i can't speak from firsthand experience because i'm i'm not there yet i'm right. not i'm not a father but uh i got to i got to be a part of uh, there's a good friend of mine you i think you believe you know him as well keith polk yep no keith. Uh, keith is kind of one of the and if the folks that listen to this podcast a lot they've heard me bring keith right. up keith's been on this show before Um, Keith got me my first turkey when I was 12 years old and then there was the whole story with when his oldest son basically the point I'm getting at is I got to be there when both his oldest son and his middle son killed their first Mm -hmm. turkeys and honestly just the way it all panned out I hadn't been there those are the first two times that I can remember hunting with both of them I hadn't been there for the prior for the build up but neither of those two boys for Caleb or Colin Mm -hmm. it wasn't just like a First time they go on Mississippi Youth Weekend, boom, right. they kill a turkey. Right. It was kind of like what you said on the yeah. on the, the deer hunting equivalent to that with turkey hunting. Yeah. There was plenty of going and not hearing anything, going and yeah. not killing a turkey. And I just saw you kind of see that whole everything come full circle. You see all those mistakes, all those learning experiences, all that practice time, and you see that. I got to, like I, said, I got to personally witness it with Keith and Caleb, mm-hmm. and then Keith and Colin to see the two of them be able to celebrate that yeah as a right. father and son that's right you could like looking at that retrospectively you look at that and you see not to be able to fully comprehend the significance of it because again i'm not a father but you can't not look at that and not say that's not something special that's right. like that's, that's right. a lot of time invested in that yeah between that dad and that kid
2: yeah it is and look that's and that's part of it nothing gives you know me as a dad any greater joy than to see my kids succeed Mm -hmm. doesn't matter what it is academically athletically in the woods dude whenever he whenever he does well i am really really proud now the challenge is for me to not try to live, you know, my life, my second life through him. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to raise him to be a better version of me. My my goal is to help him to be the best version of him. Mm -hmm. And God made him unique and he is different, got different skills, gifts, passions, you know, and so that's the challenge of a father, you know, is to help him to be the best version of him, not try to, you know, push him to be what I wish he would be. But dude whenever he is excelling whether it's in basketball they won a state championship this year and he was a huge part of that that team started all year long dude that there's just joy in that Mm. to watch him wins or losses whatever it is um man to watch him to grow dude that that is a, a a ton of fun now there's heartache in it too you know, he, we were back in Kansas this year. He hadn't, because of his basketball, he didn't get to shoot a lot. And I was trying to help him, you know, step into you know the responsibility of shooting his bow and getting ready. And the more you shoot, the more the better you're going to be, right? So, oh yeah. Uh, put him in a stand, look, and we're blessed in in that he was sitting there one one uh, morning, and a 170 inch deer came by him and he missed. Mm yeah Mm. missed him and uh you know as a dad i ain't gonna blow him up and go see son i told you that that ain't that's not my deal that's not what i'm supposed to do i just said man dude i'm so sorry and I just left it, didn't say a word. We got back to the camp house. Bro, he was steady shooting that target. <laughs> He's trying to get down in. He shot all afternoon long, which the wind's blowing in Kansas so hard. It's hard to you know, really make your errors group. And I could tell he was getting frustrated. Yeah. He was getting down. And he asked me what to do. And man, I said, you know, son, the wind was blowing so hard this morning. I think you ought to go right back to the same exact spot. Now his confidence was shaky just being honest his confidence was shaky of course and um but you know god is my witness like that darn deer came right back by him that afternoon and he wound up shooting this deer and killed it 170 inch deer and you know you go from the depths of oh my gosh my heart breaks for him yeah it just breaks for him now look For for full disclosure, he actually missed the deer again that afternoon, and then the deer came back. He shot at him the third time and finally killed him, okay? (laughs) But he just, he was, thank God we get the deer. But you know what? One of the things we talked about on the way home was, man, what'd you learn? And he said, man, I need to shoot more. Mm -hmm. I need to shoot more. Yeah. And I said, son, that's it, you know, because what you do in practice, man, that's the way it's gonna be whenever you're, you're when it's game time. And that, that life lesson then, we talk about that about a lot of things, man, the, the character you develop, the muscle memory of what it is like to be a man and how to stand for yourself or whatever it is, man, you gotta practice be it standing strong or being who you're gonna be in little time so that if a big, big occasion comes up and, man, kids are doing crazy stuff or temptation comes your way or whatever it is, Man, I want him to not have to figure out how to stand in that moment, man. I want him to learn in every little thing. Man, you, you be the man that you know God wants you to be, and I've, I've heard a guy recently say, uh, Austin Davis, one of our guys that go to our church, and he was he was speaking, and he said every time he left the house, his dad would say, "Who are you taking with you?" and and he would say, "I'm taking Jesus and Davis because that's his last name." Oh yeah. And he said, "Don't you forget it." I don't know if you heard that message or not, but you know that's kind of the thing I want my son. Everywhere he goes, I want him to take God with him, and I want him to take man the character of who our family is trying to be, and who the people kind of people we are. And, man, I'm telling you, most of the time, the life lessons, the things that have been imparted to my son have not been in church. Mm-hmm. They've been in a the truck. Yeah. They've, been, they've been sitting in a deer stand. They've been, you know, on the way, sitting at the camp, eating our meals together. They've been, you know, going back and forth to basketball games. And that's the idea of, look, Father's Day is why a daddy matters. Man, and you, look, you don't have to be a great dad, but you can, you can be a present dad. You know what I'm saying? you got to have mm-hmm. all the answers. But just being there and, and sharing my own misses. And you know what? Some of the best things for my son has been whenever I've missed deer and had to come back and say, dude, I sure missed. And then he knows, man, he's not the only one that's ever missed. Yeah. So and, and then sharing those same struggles in life as your kid. My kid's gotten older. He's 18 now. Actually, 19 now. Just turned 19. I'm able to have more conversation with him about more grown-up stuff now. He's about to go to college. But like it all started... You know, seven, eight, nine, ten, man. eleven years old sitting in a ground blind together. We got two hours here, man. What are we gonna talk about? And starting shooting bows, and y'all are eleven. Starting shooting bows. That's it. And so it's just, man, the the time one on one. With, with your son or sons and daughters. Daughters, same way. Hey, it's Father's Day, man, your, your daughters probably need it even more than your, your sons do in some ways. But, yeah. uh, and I got two daughters and, and proud of them there. They have been bow hunters. They kind of traded that out, you know, once they just <laughs> once they got driver's license. But yeah. man, just that time, you know, that's, that's the thing for, man, if your dad's on here listening and look, sometimes, man, Life's hard. You get separated, you know, from your from your family and divorce and things like that. And so uh, maybe it's not in a perfect world. But listen, any chance you get to spend with your kids, man, do it. Mm-hmm. And and you don't have to be perfect, man. God ain't looking for you to be a perfect dad, but you can be a present dad. And man, own it, love them kids up, spend as much time with them as you can. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, I'm thankful for my dad. You know, you're thankful for your dad. I'm thankful for my dad. Wasn't a perfect dad by a long shot. But, man, I'm thankful he spent the time with me, taught me how to hunt.
0: Yeah. And that's why, I mean, that whole, that last little bit that you talked about is why I wanted to have this conversation with you today. And I, I, I always... I've talked about this subject enough. It's like some folks assume that I have like a bad story when it comes to my father <laughs> or something I'm like, no, my dad's yeah. great. Yeah. And I, don't, yeah. I, I really, I don't, I can't explain why I have yeah. such a soft spot for this subject, but I think, I think it's the, I don't know what, why human nature is the way it is. Like people automatically assume like, oh, he must've had a bad, you know, something. He must not have a good relationship with his own dad. Like, no man, we're good. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, It's the, it's the opposite of that. Like I've had, I have a great father, yeah. and I'm like I'm very close to guys like Keith Polk. I see how he is with his kids, and I've seen. And obviously, this is a hunting-centric podcast, and so sure. I've seen what invest in time in kids and applying that. It doesn't have to be hunting, but that's you know yeah. most of our listeners. That's what that's what that's we right. are. That's so right. I've seen what investing time in the kids and pouring time into them and using hunting as a vessel for that. I've seen yeah. what that does, and so. Why not use the opportunity to speak of it, and why not use a day like Father's Day, even though it's the day after, to think about that? Because mm-hmm. I've I've just seen it. I've seen it in my own life. Yeah, I've seen it in firsthand in Caleb and Colin Polk's life, and I'm sure Keith's youngest son Ben will be the same way. That was the mm-hmm. ongoing joke. Is like as soon as Ben gets big enough to hold a shotgun, we got to get that other first turkey out of the way. Mm-hmm. You That's know? right. That's right. But it's pretty incredible.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, look. You know. Kids are a gift from God. That's what that's what the Bible says. Children are a gift from the Lord, mm-hmm. Psalm one twenty seven. And you know, none of us are perfect dads. My dad wasn't perfect. That's what I said. Your dad's not perfect. But man, we we we've been blessed, and they're a treasure. And we want to do the best we can, you know, to raise them. And look, I, we're flawed. All of us are flawed as men. And uh, man, we need God's grace to help us. But the fact is, man, that there's no greater calling. I believe your greatest calling is not necessarily to make a million dollars you know a year in your business it's not to become some rich famous person man if you can impact your kids and and help them to grow into being the man or the woman that God designed them to be like come on mm-hmm. bro that's better than a 193 and a 170 <laughs> although I'll take the 193 or the 170 but but I'm just telling you there's a there's a joy in yeah. that 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 is you know that goes beyond these temporal things that are fun. God gave us creation, enjoy it, but man, to help shape a life that's just a high high calling.
0: Yeah, yeah, better than a 193 or 170 or two opening day turkeys. Yeah, there you go,
2: <laughs> just just like that.
0: Uh, oh man, I, I well. I could talk more i think the once th- thank you for doing this i know i look yeah. y- y- guys y'all listen to this i sprung this on chip like l- like last minute i was like hey i got an idea <laughs> which is just how i operate but um thank you for for doing this i really enjoyed it um if for those well i was gonna say I are you okay with me saying where yeah. they could listen to y'all yeah. more so i know we didn't allude to it more i get. i don't know if that was kind of by design or not if y'all want to if y'all enjoyed what you know, listening to this conversation, you can actually find. You tell me where. Um.
2: Yeah, you know you can you can uh, go to pinelake dot org. Pine Lake is all one word: p i n e l a k e. Yeah. org is uh, actually our church website, yeah. and so uh, there's a Pine Lake app if you want to get that on your phone. People want to get that. Look, you know, uh, help. It, there's help on there if you want to learn about you know just spiritual things, how to pray, how to read the Bible, things like that. You can get the, the app or Uh, go online, you know, Google Pine Lake and you'll find it. Mm -hmm. And uh, man, love to help, help guys and and ladies who may be listening any way we can to man, you know, find life indeed.
0: Yeah. So guys, like the first time I heard the 193 story, I was in church and you had that picture pop up on the screen (laughs) and there's, there's Reagan with that buck. With the Bottomland hat on and the Primo's logo on it. I was like, that's
2: right. Yeah, you know it, boy. You know that's right. (laughs) Got to represent my people.
0: That's it. That's Uh, it. Anyhow. All right, well, we'll wrap this up. Uh, Thank you again, Chip. Yeah, my pleasure. uh, Thank you. Really, thank you. Um, Guys, I hope you enjoyed the conversation. As always, if you have any questions or want to reach us, don't hesitate to do that. You can hit the Primo's hunting page up or uh, my Instagram page. Any of those are fine. And as always, thank you for listening to the Speak the Language podcast.